listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Proof Text. I am Michael Halcom. I'm here with the sensei himself, J. M. Smith, uh, always ready to jump in and do some training here. Um, this is 10 questions where we ask 10 questions about a verse of scripture in an effort to show you kind of what we do in our own study of scripture and uh, the curiosity we bring, the observations we make, the questions we raise. All this is real time. None of this is scripted. Neither of us have looked at these verses. Literally, I just pick a verse um, and we go. We don't spend any time beforehand uh, discussing any of this, planning anything out. It's all real time. Um, so you're getting to see us do actual study in real time. And if you want to engage us in this, you can comment on Spotify or YouTube or um, Facebook, other social handles, wherever this is shared. So uh, please do that. We'd love to hear your questions and your observations. So JM, I got a verse uh fired up here and ready to go and for those right. of you those of you that are uh, watching you'll see it on the screen right about now and for those of you who are listening uh we'll read this out loud this is a short verse so maybe a little challenging to get 10 questions out of this but i think we can do it this is a another really common one it's first peter 5 7 and it says Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. First Peter 5, 7. All right. Uh, you want me to lead this one off? Uh, yeah, I think it's your turn. All right. Um, cast all your anxiety uh, on him because he cares for you. So I'm interested about uh, the notion of well, the word cast, uh, because when I read that, uh, it makes me immediately think of fishing, um, mm. like casting a fishing line. And so it comes from this verb, um, epirito, uh, is it just literally doesn't mean to throw on or is it cast like where what is the context from which this word comes what is the realm from which this word comes it's mm. perhaps we could say i don't know it's setting in life mm -hmm. yeah yeah how much how much peter the fisherman are we hearing yeah exactly yes. <laughs> is this yeah is this a fishing related term or not mm -hmm. well my first question would center on this same term in the greek i believe this is a participle yes um, casting it's not a command whereas in uh, in mm -hmm. iv it's a command cast all your anxiety so if it's a participle it assumes that you're doing that as part of whatever else he's talking about it, at least that's how it reads to me on first glance. So I, I would, I would want to see 
what else is included, if anything else that he's talking about us doing sheds more light on what it looks like, this casting. Yeah, that's really good. Um, pointing out that that's a participle, really a, an heiress participle, nonetheless, like after casting uh, all your cares. Yeah, that's really good. Um, or anxieties. And so that, uh, that brings me to the word all, which starts the sentence pass on, mm -hmm. um, all your anxiety or all your care, however we want to translate that. Um, is this a command? Is this a suggestion? Like, do we have to cast all? Like, do we bring every care or anxiety to him? Like, all of them from little to big? Are there some cares or anxieties that don't need to be casted on to him? So all. I mean, is that even possible to cast all? I, I'm... Whenever I see these um, these sort of absolute kind of words like all, mm. it, it's kind of a, a red flag to me. Like uh, scriptural speaking, these like holistic, absolute kind of terms, which sometimes seem very unrealistic. <laughs> like, um, so is it possible even? Mm. So what is all like literal or is it? Like all kinds like of, or, yeah. yeah, all kinds of, like, is it just suggestive? Like, what is all doing here? Hmm. Well, my next question would be, I would want to know whether this is translated as anxiety, merimnon, or mm -hmm. care. Because those are two very different things. As somebody who I'm pretty open about this on my own channel and social media, I've had anxiety like the clinical since I was uh, college. And I've been on medication for decades for anxiety. It runs in my family, mm. a, a general anxiety disorder. And, and nothing except medication ha actually helped me live a functional life for years. So when I read the word anxiety, immediately I start to think, okay, that, mm. that word gets misused a lot or used, I guess not misused, gets used in a general sense versus a clinical sense. Oh, and wow. so for somebody who suffers from anxiety, is this verse um, an encouraging verse or is this a condemning verse because they are still wrestling where they're with their anxiety and they're saying, how do mm. I cast my anxiety? If my mind is running a million miles an hour, my heart's racing and I'm feel dread creeping in. How am I supposed to cast that on the Lord? It sounds very Christianese. If this is read as talking about a disease, anxiety disorder. Um, whereas if it's talking about care, that seems to make a little more sense of like, general trepidation, you know, general cares, general concerns versus right. very specific anxiety. So I would want to, I would want to see how that term is used elsewhere in scripture. Wow. Very, very interesting. 
my third question, simple, um, cast all your anxiety. Uh, is the, is the fact that, I mean, your in English can be singular or plural. Mm. Um, and so, I don't know, I guess my simple question is, is the singular or plural, but I kind of just want to make the point that uh, we have a, the your in Greek is plural. So what do we, what do we do with that if we've tended to read this as if it's talking about individuals, like singular, hmm. how does that, how does that change things knowing that the your is plural here? Hmm. Well, let's see, is this number th two or three? Yep, this is your third. Third. Yep. So I, I, I just backed up to the verse before because my first question made me want to know what came right before this since it's a participle. And this uh, is verse seven talking about how you do verse six. In other words, if, if what's being said oh. in verse six, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand in order that he may lift you up casting your anxiety like is that how you humble yourself under god's mighty hand and if so what does this even talk about general worry and care versus a very specific trusting in god uh for our spiritual provision and even and even our physical provision um right yeah i i would i would want to kind of probe the text there how these two verses go together and in the, is this one thought in greek mm, yeah very good um i would ask the same question except my fourth question then is verse eight how you do verse seven so you mm. asked is verse six how you do verse seven I'm right. curious, is verse 8 how you do verse 7? Uh, what's really fascinating is verse 6 starts with this um, uh, this verb, right? This plural imperative, and so does verse 8. They both start with plural imperatives. In fact, uh, 8 has two plural imperatives uh, right in a row. And so which one is 7 most closely linked to is it mm. is it six or eight <laughs> yeah so that that participle may do some uh, wrestling there so that's my fourth question i kind of cheated and, and <laughs> just recycled your question but yeah wow. that was that's, my fourth one man that's a good one too um hopefully hopefully viewers listeners watchers are seeing like how important it is to not stop with what we're doing, which is just looking at one verse. <laughs> right, exactly. Every verse is within a, a thought. Um, my yeah. question would be, oops, I'm on the wrong verse here. Um, casting all your 
care or anxiety upon him for he cares for you. What, what does that mean? He cares for you because it's not the same word as your, I don't think it is the same word as cast all your cares upon him. Like it works in English mm-hmm. as a wordplay, right. but um, in Greek, I mean, they both start with, uh, with mu, but other than that, I don't know if the words yeah. are related. So what does it mean? Mm-hmm. God's care for you. Um, like what kind of care are we talking about? Like tender loving care or just, yeah, I care about that. Uh, along with a bunch of other stuff. Yes. Very good. Um, my, my last question is a recycling of my earlier question, which we were looking at pasantein merimnan yumon, that plural you cast all your plural y'all cast all your anxiety or after y'all cast your, all your anxieties that whatever. Um, mm-hmm. the, the last word of the verse is also a plural you mm-hmm. because he cares for y'all. Right. Right. And so then how does, again, that, that maybe change our understanding of what's being said when we look at, it's not that he's caring for you as an individual, but it's a collective you, a plural you. He cares for y'all. Um, mm. Yeah. So how does that how does that change things? And who is the y'all? Like, is it us, us readers? Is it very specific to this context? Um, who's the y'all here? Mm. Yeah. So. Very right. good. Yeah, like uh, I think I might have mentioned this in an earlier episode where we we're doing 10 questions, but I think it was a, a little uh, Gregory Kukul. Uh, he's an apologist, um, Christian apologist, Greg Kukul. He wrote a book like a decade, decade and a half ago. It's really just like a pamphlet titled um, Never Read a Verse of Scripture. Mm. And I don't know if you can still find that online or not, but um, I think to your point, JM, that you brought up in the middle of this, uh, hopefully, you know, people who are viewing this or listening don't just stop at a verse kind of like we're doing, but realize it's it's situated within a literary context, right? In in a cultural context. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta read what comes before and what comes after. And after you've started looking at the uh, a single verse, connecting it to the surrounding verses um, and making those connections. So that's a really good rule of thumb. Never read a verse of scripture that is in isolation. Never read a verse of scripture in isolation. Um, I I did hear, I heard this. uh, So I've been going through this uh, curriculum with my two high school kids um, by a, a, Dr. Chris, I think it's Yuang. I think it's Chris Yuang, but he runs this. I talked about this um, on an earlier episode of the podcast this week. He runs a thing called Holy Sexuality. It's Mm. a curriculum. It's amazing. Um, And working through that with my two high school kids right now, me and my wife are, we're about finished. Uh, But he he talks about uh, when he's given his testimony, he he was... um, 
very active in the homosexual lifestyle and very into drugs and went to prison for a long time. And um, when he was laying on his prison bunk one night on the bottom, he looks up and right above him, it said something like bored question mark, read Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm. And so, uh, you know, that's the, for I know the plans I have for you. And we often hear that verse taken out of context but the way he tell Chris Yuan tells his testimony is he and he's the first person I've ever heard do this. He explained the context being about these sort of wayward Israelites who had strayed from God and and turned their back on God. And uh, he's he said, you know, I realized that if if God can uh, can love and redeem a wayward group of people who have turned from him, then he can also do the same for me. Mm. And uh, so it was, it was really interesting to hear him, uh, how that one verse like just changed his entire life yeah. and set him on a, uh, an incredible trajectory. And so I don't want people to think that what we're doing here is like beating up on people that maybe are using drawing on a verse or have a life verse or use a verse in isolation. We're trying to beat up on people. We're just saying we really need to do like what Dr. Yuan did to understand the context in which this verse is said. And then we get so much more of the story. Um, And then I think with the bigger story, we're able to connect the dots of our lives back into that story or immerse ourselves back into that story. Um, I don't know. You have any thoughts about yeah, that before yeah. we sign off? No, I, I can um, absolutely piggyback right on that and say, even when the New Testament authors quote a verse, and they do, I mean, there weren't verses back then. They would just quote a, you know, a phrase or a part of a passage, which what we would consider a verse. Even when the New Testament authors do that, you see by how they're using it, and this is where good commentaries, New Testament commentaries that are immersed in the Old Testament point this out, they are using it in its context. Like they're, yes, they're keying in on a verse or a passage, but they have in mind the whole story. So like Jesus, the example I use in my own teaching at Disciple Dojo is when Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not all he's saying. He's saying basically crying out Psalm 22. Mm -hmm. Like he's crying out the first verse of the Psalm. And when you read through the whole context you see why he keys in on that verse and also it makes sense of of the situation he's going through I, that's a great example with jeremiah 29 11 of how to properly use that single verse is note the context get the teaching that contextually it's trying to communicate which is exactly what he realized and then mm-hmm. use that as your your you know daily impetus in your own spiritual journey. So that's a great yeah. example. I have one more question though, cause you started, right? Okay. I have okay. one more I and I got to ask that. you Sorry. this. Go. I got to ask you this cause I got a Greek uh, professor here. My, <laughs> my last question is um, what is the nuance of, um, of Epi in this or, or Ep? Um, upon mm. cast your care upon how do you 
cast like I mean I know how to throw something on somebody, but how does that work when it comes to something like care or anxiety? And since uh, Epi, we at least when I took Greek, we learned it has so many meanings based on what That's the right. case that follows it is, and this is accusative. So, this, is this talking about like location, like upon, at? Um, even then, is Among... it just a saying? Not a saying. Is this just a metaphor, or is there a way that we actually can do this? So those are the questions. That's the question I would wrestle with. But I would want to know. I would it, it, sometimes um, prepositions aren't exciting, but I yeah. would sometimes they make a huge difference. And um, yeah, so I'd want to do more work, more study on uh, on Epi here. That's a well. That's an excellent question. Um, the the force and intent of Epi. You, you made me think I've, you know, I'm a pastor myself, but I've been in church a long time. And I've often heard, heard pastors, other pastors say this kind of thing where, you know, when you, when you come to church, when you come to church on Sunday morning, it's about God, leave, leave your baggage at the door and you come in and focus on God. And I've always been really put off by that like i would think that you're supposed to bring all the baggage in and uh throw it upon god or sit it among god or sit it among god's people um so you've made me think about that too um Mm. there's even a song i think i don't know if it's Corey asbury but there's this a christian song uh, that says as much, um, the father's house, you know, this song, um, check your shame at the door. Uh-uh. Do you know that song? Check your I shame don't. at the door. But, but I confess welcome. I'm unfamiliar with yeah. most modern, uh, Christian, okay. <laughs> unless it's from 20 years well, anyway, ago when I was my, in college. My daughter, my, my daughter is an avid Caleb fan. Right. And so I uh-huh. hear these, it's Caleb nonstop. Like, yeah. Um, but there's a line in this song where he says, check your shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore. Uh, when you're in the father's house, mm. and I'm like, I don't really understand that. Like, uh, are we really to check our shame? Like to, to leave it? Like, uh, it seems like something we should cast yeah. on God, but or cast before God, maybe if he could have that sense. Um, yeah. So that's a great question. What is FP doing here? Maybe he's using it like a coat check. Like you check your coat, like you give it to the person. (laughs) So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the benefit of the doubt. Like, like you hand your shame to God as you enter. I I don't know. (laughs) But when you hand your check, your coat, you pick it up on the way back out. That's true. That's true. So yeah, don't check it. Oh man! Uh, well, good stuff, man. Well, sorry, I, I forgot you had an extra question left. Thanks for reminding me. You're just me, trying but... to stiff me. I know how you are. <laughs> I, I see how it is. Jeez. Check your fifth question at the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We hope this is enjoyable to you. 
I love these sessions, dude. I'm so yeah, glad. Uh, it's good to just sit down with another believer and uh, just ask questions. So fun to me, so enjoyable. Um, and we hope the same is true for you. Hey, go over to uh, Disciple Dojo. Check that out. Check out the YouTube page, Grown Ups Table on Facebook. Check out GlossHouse.com. And uh, like this episode, share it to your heart's content. Even more, join in with us. What observations you got? Uh, what questions you have? We'd love to hear that. So that's it for now. Until next time, we hope that helps. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.